From the Western Riverside Council of Governments, I'm Rachel Singer, and this is CogCast. With growth on the horizon for Western Riverside County and the Greater Inland Empire, there are several decisions that will be made by locally elected officials, which will shape the face of our communities. On this episode of the CogCast, we sit down with Mayor Kevin Bash from the City of Norco for part one of a two-part series on local control. Today's episode will focus on his perspective on what local control means to him when it comes to the area of housing. So Kevin, thank you for being a guest on our podcast. Can you just start us off by sharing a bit about yourself for those who don't know you? Uh, Well, I'm currently the mayor of the city of Norco. I've served on the city council since uh, late 2009. Uh, Prior to that, I was uh, park and rec commissioner for 10 years and um, on the uh, city historic commission for two. Um, I just finished a very long term as the chair of WR COG. Uh, (laughs) I was also the chair of the Cal City's regional uh, community services uh, policy committee. And I've served on just tons of boards, things like that. Uh, Norco's been an adventure. We went from near bankruptcy to to solid solvency. that's, that's about it. I've had a long, whole bunch of different careers, everything from being an actor to a writer to a teacher to uh, owning a ranch, which I own now, and all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I know you shared a little bit about the positions and, like you said, jobs that you've had in the past, but what was the journey that led you to be on city council? What was kind of, I guess, was there a moment that you were like, yes, I want to run for to be an elected um, local official? Well, well, I was very involved in the city. I did a lot of volunteerism. I coached. I did all kinds of things. And they were actually, the first time I ever thought of doing city council was next door to me. My neighbor built a 7,000 square foot structure with no permit that totally changed the water flow. And I went in to talk to somebody at the city and they said, well, there's really nothing we can do about it. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's totally changed the water flow. They're in a floodplain. And of course I did the classic I'm going to run for council and get you fired. And so that was the first time. But then I kind of got off that and I enjoyed being a park and rec commissioner. Um, but I had a very good friend, Kathy Acevedo, who kept saying I should be on council. I should be on council. And it's ironic because uh, one of our council members passed away and it came down to myself and another person to replace him, Dick McGregor, who was a longtime council person, had been retired for a while. And so I'm standing next to Dick McGregor, and I was pretty certain they were going to pick me. But I thought, that's absurd. Dick McGregor, I mean, forever on city council, experienced. I said, you got to pick him, and I walked away. So my first chance at city council, I walked off. Um, and then finally she just kept after me, and I ran, and I, I thought I was going to get creamed. Wouldn't get, I didn't think even my mother would vote for me, and <laughs> I ended up getting the most votes in the history of the city. So it was kind of strange. Awesome. And, run what three three times yeah three times awesome and now you're the mayor of the city of norco my third 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 time nice very cool thanks for sharing (laughs) 
So I wanted to jump into our discussion for today, and we're talking about local control and its impact on a number of areas, including housing. So I wanted to start off with the reality that we often hear about California having a housing crisis. Would you agree or disagree that we have a housing issue in California? Well, most certainly we have a housing issue. Um, But I think a lot of the solutions that are being presented are are crazy. And I think that, you know, for somebody who lives 600 miles away from another city and feels that they can just sort of tell you how to fix your housing crisis, when in many cases they can't even keep their streets clean. I mean, sometimes they're telling cities stuff. These are cities that are sophisticated. These are cities that have solved major water problems, major financial problems. I mean, they have solved huge amounts of problems. And one of the key things are they're cities that no longer are communities. They're just, they're, they're habitats for people. They're where you just sort of park your car and you, you sort of live there. I mean, a lot of people that are in those kinds of cities are trying to tell people that still have a, a community around them. They, I mean, you go to the store, you know everybody. I, and it's, it's, it's uh, obviously there's a housing crisis. But part of the problem is, is, is I mean, is, that's a really hard question that you've just asked because there's so many facets to it. Um, you know, at the core of, of our society is the American dream to own your own house. And so a lot of the things that, you know, I'm an old timer and I want to pass on to the younger people that kind of a dream. And I don't care what color you are, I don't care what religion you are, I don't care any of your personal attributes, but I want you to know what it's like to own a home. I want you to know what it's like to have a yard. I want you to know what it's like. And what's funny is when you're young, you don't care about that. In fact, you may have come from that, and you don't even know it. And you don't know what that meant to you, but as you get older. And so right now, there's a lot of catering to people that don't know certain things. Um, you know, I, I, I tell my students all the time, I also teach, um, I tell my students, you know, what you really need to pray for, not to be religious, is that, is that you, when you're young, you don't make catastrophic mistakes that you didn't know you were making. Uh, and then the other thing I tell them, we've all had this experience, and the older you get, the more you see it. Your whole life, you'll drive by a restaurant. And you'll see that restaurant, and in your mind, that's a place maybe you ate or whatever, and you always knew it was there. And then one day you drive by, and it's gone. The lesson is, things go fast. So if you make a mistake, and you lose something, like the idea of ownership of a home, or that a single-family home... um, there's states and cities erasing single-family neighborhoods. What is that really going to accomplish? Now, I get that they feel that if they put apartments and things into those, that it will create equity, but it won't. Because the, the it just won't. Because right now, you have all these ADUs being built, and they're being built for wealthy people. An ADU right now costs a quarter of a million dollars. So again, there is a housing crisis, but the solutions... I believe time will tell us that they were silly and and don't work 
The problem will be, will it be too late to correct the course? And that is, that is the, that's where wisdom comes in. And right now, one of the things that gets forgotten in all this, and I wonder if it's by design, is a person's home, unless you are a public employee where you have a huge pension, the single most valuable thing you have financially is that home. Mm-hmm. And I guess part of what I would like to see in, is that, you know, when, when everything's spruced up, when everything's clean, you feel better when your house is clean. And one of the things that drives me crazy is we talk about all these esoteric things and all these highfalutin ideas, and well, maybe this will work, and blah, blah, blah. Why are the elected officials not cleaning up their areas? The first thing that, that people want, wherever they live, is they want things clean. They want the neighborhood clean. And I don't know why, you know, I come from a little town, we're, we're just a tiny little town, but our entire council goes out and cleans trash. We lead the way, and we've, we've always done that. And I would like to see Scott Wiener go out and clean up his neighborhood, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And he wants to tell me how to run my city. It makes me crazy. Mm-hmm. Housing crisis, yeah, definitely there is. And so I wanted to kind of zero in on maybe one of the pushbacks that um, people, that those in favor of more state input on local housing zoning and development, um, sometimes they claim that cities can't properly address the housing crisis on their own. So what are your thoughts on this perspective? Well, you know, they, they, they have a, a state agency now that tells you that implements, quote, policy from a small group of people up in Sacramento I've met 10 of them. They don't know anything about my city. And I, I think that what they're doing is they're flipping the government. We are, and I sound like a broken record, it's not a new thought, the United States of America, our democracy, our democracy, our republic, functions from the bottom up. That means that guy who lives on 5th Street in Norco, California, can come into my council meeting and say, Kevin, I need you to do this. And if he doesn't like that my solution, he can go out and get his friends together and he can say, okay, we're going to get rid of you. We're going to vote the bum out. And that's how our system is supposed to work. So what's happening now is they're telling us we're too stupid to run our cities. Now understand, many of the problems that they have, they haven't solved them, and we have. I totally get people want a place to live. I totally understand all that. I also understand as somebody who had to work his way up buying this crappy house to that crappy house to where I finally got to live back in Norco, I totally get when you're young, you don't want to do that. I understand it. And when you're a parent watching your kid go through that process, you're like, you know, why don't you move home? It's nicer. Your room is nicer than the house you're living in. And I mean, my first house, I had to take my battery in at night. Well, you know what? My dad used to tell me there's two ways to live your life. One, you either get everything up front and you spend the rest of your life going, boy, the good old days. The second way you live your life, which he thought was preferable, and I happen to agree with him, is You work your ass off, you struggle, you fight, you overcome, and then you finally win. And at the end of the day, you go, see what I did? And so there's a part of me that says, hey, we we need to 
support um, our kids, but they also need to understand that they don't get it overnight. They don't get to live in nice neighborhoods, which takes me right back to many of these elected officials. Clean up your neighborhood. Why is it that you want to take a neighborhood that you know people work their whole lives to get to, but in the meantime you want to you want to point fingers at them, but nobody's pointing their finger at you for cleaning up that neighborhood or making sure your water's clean or making sure you've got roads or doing those kinds of things, because building community is hard, and what they're really doing is they're destroying communities. You know, I'm, I'm a Republican, I get it, but I really like Jerry Brown. And, you know, everybody used to be mad at him, but I'm like, Jerry Brown, please come home, all is forgiven. But Jerry Brown did something everybody forgets. He wanted buffers between communities so that they would maintain their uniqueness. And Norco and Eastvale, when it was being developed and all that, that's, that's, so now what they want to do is make us all the same, except where they live except in the, the wealthy areas that they live in or in their particular area. I mean, one of, the, one of the things they utilize, they live in historic districts. So none of this ever touches them. What it touches is the middle and low middle class. And I just really think that the idea is they need to, I mean, local government is not perfect. But one of the other problems that you have is yeah, one of my favorite movies is Jimmy Stewart in It's a Wonderful Life, or, or I'm sorry, in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. And he makes this statement a couple times that the only causes worth fighting are the losing causes. And I actually met with a couple of young interns just a couple of months ago, and they, they are in favor of getting rid of single-family zoning, and they want to be planners, and they want to... Uh, move apartments into their fully fully in favor of all this stuff come from Sacramento. Apartments in single bound neighborhoods, uh, splitting lots with, with no municipal oversight, which means you split a lot, SB9, um, somebody can walk up to the counter and split a lot. It never comes for council. You never talk to the neighbors. You never talk to the planning commission. It is done in secret, publicly in secret. And so they're totally in favor of that. And I said, well, you know, I'm in favor of if you live in a town and you fight to get things done and you win, I'm all for that. But they told me that's too hard. And they told me, oh, I'm disadvantaged. And I thought to myself, my God, I'm a historian. And I think of one of the things I'm very involved in is, is documenting the history of the Hispanic culture in Corona Norco. And I've interviewed 60 or 70 Hispanics, who when they came back from World War II, could not join the local American Legion, um, could go to a restaurant, but they knew there was some they couldn't go to, and they had to live within certain confines. And in the 50s, they got people elected, they changed all this, the, the, the redlining that was happening, it forced them into neighborhoods, and they're proud of what they did. Should they have gone through that? Absolutely not. But they not only changed their circumstance locally at the ground level, they changed the opinions and the, and the, the viewpoints of a whole hell of a lot of white people. And one of the things that just happened, which I think is monumental, the Jameson Post in Corona was the one that wouldn't let them join in after World War II. Just 
a month ago, the first Hispanic commander was put in place there. But, but see, that just tells you that's a local battle that really changes lives. Do you really think some stranger telling my town what we should do is going to do anything but piss everybody off? That's what's going to happen. You're not engendering community. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're, you're being disrespectful. Mm. Now, if you want to come and you want to get a group of people together and, and change ideas, because you know what? America's a great country. One of the things nobody gets credit for is we change. And where is the change in it? <laughs> excuse me, and being told you, you do this or else. And if you, and, and by not doing it, you're a racist or you're this or you're that. I mean, you're not accomplishing anything there. And what you're doing is you are becoming a dictator. And in my opinion, that's kind of what's happening in this housing issue. And again, I, one of the things that our strategic plan that we're coming up with is we want to do it the Norco way. We want to create housing because we have these large lots. We already have lots and lots of secondary units. We want to get credit for those, but we also want to find ways that maybe people can enjoy animal keeping, maybe on a smaller lot. Maybe we're looking for places where we can do a different kind of housing, but they want us to do a cookie cutter. And that's the other problem. What fits in Eastvale will not fit in Norco. I mean, Norco is essentially a patch of green surrounded by concrete. Mm. And that's part of what's kind of goofy about all of this is that we're looking at global warming and concrete causes global warming. So why is it that we're building so much concrete? Mm. And then the other part of that is the, the homeless situation in terms of housing. I really wish that the state legislature could get around the judges who I mean, we have all these empty buildings right now. Why is it that we can't put up cubicles and get people off the streets in such a way that, okay, it's not a perfect situation, but at least they can have showers. One of the big problems with homeless is they're transient, so they can't get jobs. So, and then if you're on the street for six weeks, you, you're kind of crazy. I mean, it's just you're on the street. And so I think that, I think the judges need to get out of the way and be more practical. Um, so again, you asked a big question there. <laughs> Thank you. And and what I really hear you saying is that local control really boils down to preserving communities, preserving what the community looks like, what the locals, if you will, have worked hard to create and establish in regards to culture. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Norco zoning, for example, we began in 1948, bucking the system and became a city to protect our large lots and basically animal keeping and uh, agriculture. And now that my big lots and, and the city's big lots are looked upon as, oh gosh, you can't have that. That's not fair. Hmm. And I, I just don't get it. I think that if you want to move to Norco and change it, you got to move to Norco and change it. Mm -hmm. My biggest fear as a council person is one day I'm going to be sitting up there and I'm going to be ceremonial. That they're going to not stop with this. That they're going to, and in fact they already are. There's a whole bunch of areas where they're just sticking their nose into stuff that is literally flipping the way our government works. Mm -hmm. And you just don't want to take the power out of the hands of the people. 
And people, I mean, whoever said it's supposed to be easy? I mean, it's not supposed to be easy. And, and sometimes it's hard and sometimes, it, but, but at least you're with your neighbors. But you know, when, and Scott Wiener, I hate to keep banging on the guy, but he doesn't know me. He doesn't know my community. He doesn't know anything about us. But he has this idea that we just got to stack, pack, and rack them and just build them up as high. And because, because building, building a house is not building a home. It's not building a community. And I want to build communities. And the way you start, Mr. Wiener, is you go out and you clean up the trash in your community. Please, please do that before you tell me how to run my city. Mm -hmm. And I'm taking on it. I don't mean to. <laughs> well, thank you for your perspective, Kevin. And with that, we're actually going to close out our current conversation on local control as it relates to housing and then pick up the conversation for part two of our mini series on local control. Stay tuned for the next episode. For more information on WRCOG and the COGCAST, please visit our website at www.wrcog.us.